Introducing you to people across North Carolina and around the world who put their Catholic faith into action. This is Faith Works on Catholic 540 AM Divine Mercy Radio. Now, here's your host for Faith Works, Ellen White. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Faith Works on Catholic 540 AM Divine Mercy Radio. Our show highlights individuals through God's grace who put their faith into action daily. Amazing people who have an interesting, sometimes overlooked, impact on our Catholic faith. On FaithWorks, we share their stories. I'm your host, Ellen White. Welcome back, listeners, to another enlightening episode of our Catholic radio show. Today, we have the privilege of hosting a remarkable guest whose life journey is not only inspiring, but deeply rooted in the faith that guides him. He is a devoted husband, a loving father, and the author of a compelling memoir that chronicles his extraordinary experiences shaped by his unwavering Catholic beliefs. Born in post-World War II West Germany near Holland, our guest's life story is a testament to the resilience of the human spirit and the transformative power of faith. From his humble beginnings on a farm to his courageous decision to seek a new life in America, each chapter of his memoir reflects the profound influence of his Catholic ancestry and the guiding principles of his faith. As he takes us on a journey through the pages of his memoir, we'll explore the trials and triumphs of his life from his early years in Germany to his adventures across various states in America. Along the way, we'll delve into how his Catholic faith has served as a steadfast anchor amidst the winds of change shaping his identity as a husband, father, and servant of God. Join me in welcoming our esteemed guest, a beacon of hope and inspiration within the Catholic community, and his lovely wife, Linda, as we delve into the rich tapestry of their lives together um, and the profound, profound lessons he has gleaned along the way. Such a long introduction, but um, a warm welcome to both of you, Hubert and Linda. Thank you so much for coming into our studio today. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. I have to say, um, you know, I want to share this too at the outset. You were, we met because I recognized you from um, St. Catherine's at Daily Mass in the grocery store of all places. And we started chatting and you shared just a little bit about your journey. And of course, I picked up on your accent right away. So um, thank you. Thank you for being willing to share your story. Um, I know it was intended for your children and your grandchildren, but I think the Lord has other plans for that. Um, so thank you. Thank you for coming in, both of you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. So um, for this interview, we'll talk about... Um, your faith life growing up and in Germany, and then um, your eventual move to the States here, and um, have some questions. Um, for those that might be tuning in that are considering a radical move um, and uh, have their faith, or maybe not having their faith guide them, and, and your thoughts on that. So um, let, let's start with um, how your Catholic ancestry uh, shaped the values and traditions within your family, especially um, during tumultuous times like um, post-World War II Germany. What was that like for you? Actually, I was born in 42, okay. 1942, middle of the World War II. Okay. And uh, 
the uh, ancestry, we did quite a bit of research on that. Uh, On my mother's side, uh, uh, there were quite a few priests. Uh, They were all big families, and uh, we had priests, knights, uh, and uh, what have you in the family. And uh, on my father's side... uh, they grew up uh, in uh, on the farm and and uh, also very strong Catholic uh, upbringing and uh, so I was uh, blessed to be the fifth uh, uh, child of uh, my mother and father in Germany and uh, the uh, I mean some of the uh, uh, our family in, in, in Germany, my father was a very strong Catholic. Uh, during the war at one point, he uh, even defended the Catholic uh, Church to the point of being shot by, uh, mm. by the Nazis. Uh, mm. And uh, that, that experience uh, uh, was translated on us. Uh, he, uh, what he did is... Uh, the district Nazi leader came to town to this little village uh, mm-hmm. and uh, wanted to take the crucifix down and put up Hitler's picture. And uh, he really got boisterous and told the Nazi leader to get out of there and, and mm-hmm. don't come back. And uh, so uh, uh, they were never going to take that crucifix down in, mm-hmm. church, in, in, uh, in a school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, then the next day he was picked up and, and was in prison for three days. Uh, mm-hmm. Could have been shot. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, uh, the history of, of the village, uh, little village, they were all Catholics. And, and uh, we had so many talked about areas of uh, what we did as, as Catholics uh, what I was impressed with or, or saw in uh, during my children's uh, years uh, mm-hmm. is uh, that the farmers, they all had, uh, the big farmers, they all had uh, either a cross in front of their farm or even in the middle of the field we had, had a cross. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, I counted about seven uh, grottos, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, uh, they were all maintained and flowers in front of uh, the cross or front of uh, Mary. Uh, mm. And the one that really impressed me was the uh, Pieta that uh, was in one of those. Uh, the grottos. I mean, it, um, I, I want to interject here a little bit too. You were, so you've, you've done it a little bit, but I want you to paint the picture of what the village actually looks like. Maybe... Um, the scenery and um, farmland, um, the the churches there. Was there only one church, or just paint a picture for our listeners that might not be familiar with what the village set up? Yeah, was like. I mean, uh, during the war, we did not have a church in this little village. Okay. The village was uh, like uh, two hundred fifty to three hundred people, okay. and uh, there were three big farms mm-hmm. and. Uh, we uh, had, uh, my dad had a small farm of maybe 60 to 100 acres. What did you farm? What did your family farm? We had everything. We had cows, we had mm. uh, pigs, we had uh, 
chickens, we had uh, uh, milking cows uh, and uh, and uh, grain and potatoes uh, and, okay. and, and what have you. So uh, we What's had a big garden uh, where we grew fruits and vegetables and uh, we were basically very self-sufficient in terms of doing the walk years. Uh, uh, yeah, the the uh, city people would come to us to beg for food, for potatoes or grain. We were a family of uh, uh, seven children mm-hmm. uh, and my parents. That, and I, we were really, we grew up with the uh, prayer before every meal and after the meal and that we had a great uh, upbringing in, in, on the farm there. So if you were to say what percentage of people were Catholic in that little village, what would you say? 100%. 100%. But okay. in the next town over, that was about 90%. Okay. 90% Catholics and, and uh, 10% mm. Lutherans. Uh, and you knew without a doubt how your father felt about um, the faith. What a beautiful testament. He was willing to give his life for the faith and not step down from that. Okay. I want to bring you into this, Linda, because I don't want to leave you off to the side as we focus on um, his experiences in Germany. Right about this time, what was going on with you and your um, upbringing? Where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. Okay. And um, I was born in 1944. Okay. So we really, as Americans, never experienced the horrors of of war. Um, We've seen it on TV. Mm -hmm. But the war had never really touched us in the way that it did um, Ebert's family. I grew up in a a very small town. It was a a mile square. (laughs) And, uh, but, you know, going to school, we had all denominations. We had... Um, Catholics and Protestants and and Jews and and, uh, really a a mix of of, uh, denominations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I grew up actually um, non-denominational, although I was baptized in a Lutheran church. Okay. All right. So um, back to you, Hubert. Can you share any stories or examples of how your Catholic faith sustained your family during your early years on the farm, besides the, the wonderful story about your father? and Our her. Catholic face was all over the place. Uh, some of the traditions that uh, we had in the, in the village is uh, we did not have a church first. Uh, the, uh, my dad was in, instrumental in getting the first church in, in that village. Uh, that was a, a, a barrack from, from the... Uh, German army or Polish uh, had occupied, and and uh, they had a Polish priest there for after the war, mm. and uh, so he was the one that that uh, made that happen mm-hmm. uh, to to get the first church, uh, and then we were in Hasselunde, the next the bigger town over, St. Vincent uh, Church. They provided the priest uh, to come every Sunday to say Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I was an altar boy pretty fast, and, mm-hmm. and so some of the traditions were, were that uh, we would uh, have like processions out in the, into the field uh, mm-hmm. 
where the cross was and, and did our rosaries and, and mm -hmm. prayers and, and, and what have you, even singing. Mm -hmm. we, we like to sing. Uh, and Beautiful. So uh, we did that at least two or three times a year, mm -hmm. especially at what, what is called uh, the Thanksgiving uh, Mass, uh, that where all the farmers bring their fruits and vegetables and grain and what have you onto the altar to uh, celebrate. What what month is that? And do they still do that there? They do York? that, okay. uh, uh, not as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, things have changed mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit, uh, as you well know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, that it's in September when the, okay. when the weather turns, uh, okay. when they have uh, finished their, their harvest. Mm. That's so beautiful. I, I can really envision that. Now, at any time um, during this experience when you were younger and what you can remember, did you ever question your faith or think that there was something else? Or what What was it like for you? It was just a natural part of oh, who you were. Absolutely yes. natural. There was no question about. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Why do you think that is? Because of uh, my family, my, mm -hmm. my mother and father, both of them, uh, they were strict in terms of uh, going to Sunday Mass. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, we used to walk uh, five miles, even as a little toddler, mm -hmm. to uh, get to the next village over to they, that had, had a church. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, that, uh, that was not even a question. And... And the prayers, I mean, even uh, my father, when there was a big storm, uh, thunderstorm, he would uh, get the family together in the kitchen and and pull out the Bible. That was a big Bible, mm -hmm. a family Bible, and uh, started reading the uh, Genesis uh, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And the prayer was always there. Mm -hmm. Central, Centrally focused. The faith was definitely yeah, a was. part of um, your own experiences there. I, I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about um, education and how your Catholic upbringing um, informed your understanding of education and knowledge during your school years in Germany. Was it an integral part of it? And if so, how was it? We did have religious, uh, uh, Catholic uh, religion okay. in school. Okay. Uh, and also, I mean, for the uh, preparation of First Communion, and, right. and that was done in, in church uh, uh, confirmation. Uh, again, that was very, very routine for me. And Was it considered a Catholic school? Or no, 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 no. Okay. no. It, uh, they they did have also a Lutheran uh, once a week. No, it was not a Catholic mm -hmm. school. That uh, mm -hmm. the religious teacher was uh, actually he went to seminary and and uh, I I don't think he became a priest. He was uh, the, our religious teacher. So looking back on this time, you, your childhood in Germany. What comes to mind as it relates to um, just your experiences in your faith? From the village, uh, uh, you don't uh, see an awful lot of 
the world. I mean, you, you stay on the farm and do the farm work. Uh, when you come home from, from school, you don't play with other kids or from other religions or what have you. Uh, it is uh, doing your chores and, mm -hmm. and working uh, at, the, at the farm. Mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, very much sheltered in that uh, small village, uh, so I didn't really, until later on, like in uh, eighth grade or ninth grade, I, I did befriend some younger people from, from the city, and mm -hmm. well, we called it a city, mm -hmm. 10,000 people. <laughs> and then, then uh, we took a bicycle uh, ride uh, through Germany, through along the Rhine and Mosul, mm -hmm. and, and uh, so that was the first time that I had experienced any. And the other experience was when I uh, went with my father to uh, uh, to the Brussels World's Fair, and uh, that uh, that kind of uh, gave me a look at okay. China and America, mm -hmm. and they had the pavilions, and uh, I saw a totally different world. Uh, looking at, staring at cows and and pigs and mm -hmm. and, and whatever. You, so mm -hmm. that's really interesting, and I I would imagine too that it's not you felt like your childhood um, was lacking in any sense of the word because. You had such a beautiful upbringing. Would you agree with that yes, sentiment? Uh, yes, absolutely. That so. uh, uh, lacking from a standpoint of uh, meeting other people. But mm -hmm. I mean, we did uh, as uh, the kids in in that little village. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I say that in my book. The uh, the activities that we had, like on Sundays, uh, to climb the trees and. Mm -hmm find the nest, uh, the eggs in the nest and meet at somebody's house and fry them up. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was uh, kind of entertainment. Uh, yeah, I have to say, too, that I feel like there are a lot of parents these days that want this, what you're describing for their children, because it's gotten so crazy. Yeah. Um, and they want the simplicity. They want the quiet. They want their kids to be active. So I really feel like that there's a return to that, yeah. or at least desiring it. Oh, at that time also, I mean, uh, yes, we did have a radio, but I mean, there was nothing, mm -hmm. uh, all the technology was not invented yet. Right. Uh, so, uh, right. Let's mirror your own experience at this point, Linda. Tell mm -hmm. me what's going on with you and, and your own family life. Um, what do you say, up until eighth grade, ninth grade? Um, Early teens, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the emphasis was more on my friends. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to have, you know, a, a group of friends. And uh, I think with Hubert, you know, the family, the extended family, his aunts and uncles, he always had a big family. Mm -hmm. So um, his um, social life was really more within the family, his mm -hmm. cousins. With me, I had a very small family. My mother, she immigrated from Germany Back in 1929, my father emigrated the same year. They hadn't met. But um, but they, uh, my mother, she had one brother. She didn't have a, a large family. And my, my husband, his family, they were all in Germany. All my cousins were all in Germany. 
just like Hubert, you know, he left his family. He was the only one that left Germany. My father was the only one in his family that left Germany. But with my mother, her mother and father left as well. So, um, you know, the, the family influence wasn't as great as with, with Hubert. Mm -hmm. But um, my friends, they were, um, they were important to mm -hmm. me always. I always had a, a best friend and uh, still do to this day. I, I prize that. I really do. Mm -hmm. Mm. Friendships are important. It's, yeah. um, it's awesome how God always provides what, yeah. what we need at every moment. Yeah, you were talking about um, leaving Germany and your, your parents coming over separately. And um, then you left. Um, and I want to ask, Hubert, what ways your Catholic faith guided your decision to move to America in 1963? And how did it influence your perception of the country upon arrival. How old were you when you made the step? Well, actually, let me back up a little bit because yeah. I know the story that led to you coming. And I love this about your parents and how they were a little anxious about you wanting to come. What did they do? And then yeah, we'll talk about the other. They uh, uh, wanted me to stay on the farm. And right. uh, uh, I kind of uh, wanted to see uh, the world uh, uh, Plus, uh, my uncle and aunt had left uh, for America in 27. They hadn't been back, especially during the war, uh, mm -hmm. and, and nobody had been. We only were in contact by letter, so I kind of figured I wanted to uh, kind of see the world before I would settle down. I, my plans was to travel to uh, mm -hmm. Australia, uh, South Africa, uh, England uh, and and America, obviously, that was the the first uh, leg of my world trip. Uh, so uh, then, then Linda happened. <laughs> we'll get to that. But so I know you the, shared a story uh, about a priest yeah, in your village. Right. Let's I, I talk about the, that. Uh, uh, my mother was absolutely, and my father too. They were concerned that if I left uh, for America, that I would, would lose my faith. And uh, they wanted me to have a long talk with a priest. And, and uh, uh, he finally gave them some assurance that, uh, uh, that I would never lose my faith. And uh, so uh, you know that my mom wanted me to be a priest. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that didn't happen, and, and I wanted to see the world. Uh, and, and then uh, the, the, uh, uh, I made the arrangements myself to travel to, to the United States. And the priest said, he's okay. Yeah. He'll be fine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And here we are, and you're still fine. <laughs> That's great. All right. Um, Discuss for me, Hubert, any significant ways in which your Catholic faith influenced uh, your experiences during your early years here in America. Well, first, let's go back. What, did it, what was it like when you stepped foot into our country? And then we'll go from, from that to your faith and how your faith led you. No, it, it was a very uh, awesome experience to uh to come into the harbor of New York, mm -hmm. uh, past the Statue of Liberty, and then docking at uh, Ellis Island. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, no, at, at the port there. Okay. And 
my cousin was there to pick me up oh, to take uh, take me to my uncle and aunt mm -hmm. in Bloomfield, New Jersey, and we recognized each other very quickly. And and uh, as it turned out, the uh, country was so friendly and and wide roads and interesting. And, uh, that really impressed me uh, right what, away. And, what about uh, the scenery? Were you, I, I can just imagine you looking around and trying to soak yeah, it all in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially Manhattan. Yes, that, of course. Uh, uh, the skyscrapers. And mm -hmm. What about your faith? What was going on with your faith at this point? Did you think about your faith and the Catholic Church and in America? What was going on with that? No, when I came over, mm -hmm. that it was uh, uh, very easy to my uncle and aunt in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Uh, they were very Catholic. Uh, they had their kids go through Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, there was no competition in terms of uh, faith. Uh, so that was that was really good. So for time's sake, we're talking about like the early 60s, 1963 right. to 66. And let me stop for a second and say, if you're just tuning in, this is Ellen White on FaithWorks with Divine Mercy Radio. And we are grateful for our show's sponsor, Thales College. I am speaking with Linda and <coughs> Hubert Schulte, and we're discussing um, their family and um, their upbringing and the faith and how um, their faith has really encouraged them in um, their uh, daily walk with the Lord and um, with each other and with those they encounter. So we talked about Hubert's experiences in Germany and then coming to our country in um, the early 60s. And now you're in New Jersey, and um, I think we're talking about, uh, or we're close to the time where the two of you meet. Is that right? That's so. correct. That was uh, only uh, three weeks in that they had a German-American day in, in West New York, and uh, Vanna Van Braun, the scientist, or the rocket scientist, he was keynote speaker, and uh, there was a great big park uh, with uh, all the German bands and singers and whatever and brats and smells yeah, and yeah. <laughs> sauerkraut oh my goodness and beer <laughs> and uh the uh, uh the way i met uh linda I, I was here only three weeks uh i was there taking pictures of all the all the venom and brown and all that stuff and and uh so uh, her father Invited uh, me to uh, sit with them. With them, uh, he had his family, uh, his wife and uh, Lucy, and uh, uh, the children with him. And uh, Linda was sitting there with two uh, little babies on her lap. I I didn't pay much attention. She was obviously taken. That 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 was. Uh, so I didn't really even dance with her at that at that occasion. They had a big band and, and dance music and, and whatever. So, uh, uh, but uh, later on, uh, I, I joined that choir that father-in-law, her father, was involved with, and and I used to go to the practices mm -hmm. every Friday night mm -hmm. and. Uh, what we met another time uh, mm. about three, four weeks later, mm. and uh, I find out that 
they were not her kids, they were her brother's uh, uh, children. And yet you had some commonality with her parents being um, immigrants from Germany. Yes. Too. So, wow, that's beautiful. And um, I, I'm, I'm thinking that there weren't any future trips to South Africa and Australia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that got nixed. Yeah. Now, um, what are your thoughts at this point, Linda? You meet this nice, strapping young man from Germany, and mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Well, I, I I looked at him. You know, it was like, what is this song where they're looking across the crowded room? And yeah. So I had my eye on him almost <laughs> immediately. You know, it was a I had my my uh, nieces on my lap and and watching them and. Uh, so, you know, nothing really happened until we met again and uh, and then started dating and but I don't know, there was just something about him that um that just really attracted me. And um we talked previously about his Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. And I was brought up in a non-denominational church. But one of the things that that Hubert did that really impressed me was he went to church every Sunday. And he always has. I mean, this is just who he is. He's always gone to Mass every Sunday, and I, I love that about him. And Go. then, uh, yeah, we started dating in about six months or so. Uh, we kind of decided and that we would uh, plan our wedding. Mm-hmm. And that time she was uh, non-denominational, and I asked her to see if she could possibly uh, join the Catholic faith, and uh, she did. And her parents didn't, I guess they didn't object. They didn't at like that. it. <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> but uh, so then uh, she did convert before we got married. Now what, and let me ask you this question, Hubert. If she had decided not to, would the marriage plans have been put aside what were your thoughts when you when you recognized that she was not a, a catholic did that affect your decision no i don't think it would have okay. but i mean uh, certainly my parents would have not supported me in in marrying a non-catholic but uh, i probably would have uh, still gone ahead and then we'll see what uh, what comes out of that mm-hmm. i mean i wasn't i wasn't certainly going to convert to some other religion, mm-hmm. I, that was not in my DNA. Mm-hmm. You recognized that, um, what the Catholic ch- Church was. and Yeah. Yeah, there was no question there. Okay. Um, now, I, I want to ask the two of you, so how long after the engagement were you married? Mm-hmm. So six months in, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. ask her to marry you, you get married. How long after that um, were you married? After the engagement, uh, I came here in 1963 in April. Uh, we uh, got married in uh, the next year in, in 64 in okay. July. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we okay. were engaged in, in March. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah, something like that. And you're in Hackettstown, New Jersey at yeah. this point. And I, I want you to paint a picture for me. So, so you are you went through what we call now the RCIA program. Is that right? No, or, no. So no, what, RCIA wasn't it wasn't a, a program at that mm-hmm. time. I met with the pastor of the right. church, 
and we had uh, weekly meetings, okay. and um, he would instruct me. Okay. And I ended up getting uh, confirmed in um, another Catholic church in a neighboring town, okay. Roselle. We were in Kenilworth with you know a group of other adults that um, were being confirmed at the same time. Probably the, the children, too, were um, being confirmed because the bishop was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I had uh, individual instruction with, with the uh, priest. Leading up to the, the wedding, so that you... Leading, leading up to the engagement, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, what's going through your mind at this point about the church when you're receiving this instruction? about the Catholic Church, and um, what, what are you thinking? Well, I, you know, I had some reservations. You know, as a non-denominational Christian, um, I was fed, you know, quite a bit of discrimination, you know, against our belief um, of the, um, about the, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, you know, that was one of my concerns. And, and the pastor said that, you know, I would grow into, you know, into my belief about the Blessed Mother, and I did. Um, I've always searched. I've always, you know, tried to understand, um, you know, this solid belief within the Catholic Church um, about the Blessed Mother. And through Bible study, actually, in the last couple of years, I've come to really appreciate her, um, you know, in a way that I never did. In the very beginning, it, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the priest didn't think all that much about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was, I'm cradle Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started homeschooling with a Catholic curriculum that's absolutely beautiful that I was really captivated by the Blessed Mother um, and praying the rosary, too. I didn't start that until I was in my late 20s, yeah. early 30s. So mm-hmm. um, it's so wonderful. I think that when we give the Lord just a little bit, he just fills it to overflowing. Mm-hmm. Um, we let him know that we're willing, yeah, and he we will willing. just <laughs> he will um, take that and run with it in spades. So um, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that, Linda. And you 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 moved um, to various locations, um, Ohio. Um, you went back to New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Florida. In the midst of all these changes, we've got about um, 10 minutes left in, in the interview. I want to um, really focus on how your faith helped you to navigate um, these changes. What would you say about that? And would you say that it was really the rock for you? Let's start with you, Hubert. Uh, going back to Hackettstown, uh, mm-hmm. we spent uh, how many years in Hackettstown? About 10 years 10. or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's really where we grew the most. Uh, We had four children uh, in 10 years, and uh, Linda stayed home and did the the, uh, home teaching, so Mm -hmm. to to speak, uh, Mm -hmm. while I was uh, in a a job that was uh, way above my head at that point, but uh, I had to perform, and, and I did. Even uh, I went to uh, school uh, twice, uh, to college uh, uh, twice a week. Uh, And uh, so uh, she had a a period there of 10 years where that uh, she she was not being fed and what have you. And we we grew an awful lot at that time. We went to uh, charismatic prayer meetings. Mm -hmm. We went to... uh, 
the marriage Bible, encounter. Marriage encounter, Bible studies, crucial, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that all helped us uh, get a get a real good uh, prayer life together. That. You know, I, I know we touched on this when we met prior to the interview. How you're always going to find something to complain about. I mean, it's, it's just so easy to complain. And the flip side of that is, um, and I found in my own experience too, get involved. If you feel like something is mm-hmm. lacking, right. put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like the both of you really took advantage of um, the opportunities that the church provided. Um, to help you in your faith journey. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and uh, the church was always, when we moved uh, from one place to another, that was the first place that we uh, kind of contacted and, and uh, with the priests and, mm-hmm. and uh, the community and, and friends. Uh, we made friends uh, very easily uh, in the Catholic Church. Uh, mm-hmm. And we were involved in, uh, I mean, if... In, in Ohio, uh, she uh, did the uh, uh, CCD and then uh, youth choir. She played 12-string guitar. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it, every, everywhere that we went to, that was our first place to, to get our foundation. Mm-hmm. And it's an extension of your own family, and um, you find support and encouragement, um, can lift each other up, different families that are going through the same thing. I so appreciate when people give back. It's really um, what we're called to do. How, well, so you talk about the community, and so what was the way that you would reach out to a community when you went to a, a new location? Um, what was the, let's start with you, Linda. What Okay. How did you reach out to various communities when you mm-hmm. went to a new location? Okay, first of all, I'd like to talk about my father. He yes, was please. he was always, you know, the best uh, example of a volunteer, you know, in my eyes. He was a fireman, and he was um, captain of the uh, rescue squad. And if there was anything that needed to be done in the community, my father was there to do it. And so even as a teenager, I, I volunteered at the hospital. Uh, when we moved to Ohio, the first thing I did was was join a um, an organization that answered telephones. You know, did suicide prevention work, and then I, you know, when uh, we again moved in Ohio, I did telephone work. Uh, the organization was called Contact and listened to people's problems, and empathized with them, and. Um, uh, and the, you know CCD, um, I always felt the need, you know, in, in the Catholic Church. What I thought was lacking in the very beginning was the um, the teaching of Scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, the CCD books, you know, lacked a little bit of that emphasis of reading Scripture. Now, important that was. So when I did teach CCD, I always tried to to bring that into my class mm-hmm. in some way. And so I thought it was always important, you know, to, to teach. And, and I thought it was important to go by the book, too. I mean, I wasn't off, you know, uh, as a crusader. <laughs> um, but some of the other things that I've done, um, well, now we're doing Bible study. I've got 12 women. They were all seniors. I guess the youngest one is probably 75. <laughs> they go up to 86, 87. 
but we meet every Thursday morning in my house and and study scripture. And uh, so, you know, we've done a, a lot. Um, oh, the other thing I did in Raleigh, which was really um, very interesting, was I joined a, a group called NAMI, N-A-M-I, which is the National Association for the Mentally Ill. Mm-hmm. And um, through my experiences with a son that had mental illness and my own experience with um, some unfortunate experiences with mental illness, I felt the need to learn more about mental illness, you know, that it's just such a, a, a misunderstood um, thing that happens in our families and, and people are shunned and, um, you know, children uh, set aside their own brothers and sisters because, you know, of these kinds of problems. And so we learned, both Yuber and I, I actually took classes and um, volunteered within NAMI. It was a really, really good experience, you know, uh, in understanding my own son. Mm. And rewarding, and, too. Yeah. What were you going to say, Hubert? No, uh, the, uh, the uh, I mean, uh, uh, Linda has been uh, uh, work, has been doing work on the liturgy committee. and mm. yeah. So in every church, there was some need that she felt and yeah. or that, if if I had the time, I felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but my career took me to uh, uh, a lot of different places, and and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, prevented they, you from from giving to the church as much as you would have liked. To, yes, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. So well, we, you know, in fairness, I mean, monetarily, you were able to give. I mean, you've supported. Oh sure, churches around the country. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, it seems like he, he he feels bad that he wasn't able to mm-hmm. be boots on the ground within the church community. But yes, uh-huh. he contributed in other ways. It sounds like okay. We've just got two and a half minutes. I can spend hours talking to the two of you <laughs> um, about. And I I, I want to kind of uh, touch on a couple of things with you. You were you talked about um, you had concerns about the future of Christianity. Um, but I want to give it a twist, and I'm going to end the interview with the last thing that you said in your memoir, because I really feel like it bears repeating. So how do you see your Catholic faith addressing or responding to the challenges that we're facing with the future of Christianity today? How would you answer that question? The... uh, uh I think the faith, hope, and love, and uh, uh, trust in the Lord always. Uh, let the uh, Spirit guide you, mm-hmm. and that's that's by spiritual journey that uh, we trust in God. Uh, we witnessed uh, quite a few uh, miracles, uh, uh, and certainly uh, the Eucharist is. Uh, the most important element for us right now that uh, that's heaven on earth christ's body mm-hmm. blood soul and divinity mm-hmm. can't live without it any final thoughts and then i'm going to end with um the last part of your memoir linda any final thoughts as we wrap up the interview i i think that what what he just said about the eucharist you know the mass the mass is really central for us right now um Going to daily mass has been a, a real eye opener for for me. Um, you know, we've really formed another whole 
um, community and and beautiful people that, that, you know, we meet beautiful couples through daily mass. I would encourage anyone, you know, that has the time. We're very fortunate to be 80 and, and, you know, have the time to to go to daily mass. I know that there are masses um, in our diocese, too, that are either at lunchtime or um, after work, so yeah, during yeah. the week. So there are opportunities, and it mm-hmm. is sh- a shorter Mass. So for those that aren't familiar, that mm-hmm. there is even a daily Mass, there is. Right. And it's at um, times that are convenient to you as well. Okay, so I'm going to end this interview with the last part of Hubert Schulte's memoir, where he's reflecting on the future of Christianity and... Um, his own experience. So he says, Linda and I have lived our life and we will not be affected. Whatever may come. My concern is for the younger generation. We have raised our children with the foundation of a strong Christian faith. And we see how dedicated our grandchildren are in their faith. After all, we need strong Christian leadership in our country. I am very optimistic about the future. I see a lot of young people coming back to their senses. They are not They are not getting the love, joy, and peace from worldly desires. Following Christ is the only way for complete happiness. Jesus is the truth forever. Please keep us posted um, on your fascinating memoir, Hubert, and um, we'll we'll get the word out there. Thank you both so much, Hubert and Linda, for coming in and sharing your story and inspiring us with your faith journey and... We hope, listeners, that you have been inspired as well. That's it for this episode of Faith Works on Catholic 540 AM, Divine Mercy Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you missed any part of our program, you can play this show or our past shows by going to catholic540.org and click on local shows. You can also listen to our radio show and podcast on our free Divine Mercy Radio smartphone app available via your app store. Simply search Divine Mercy Radio NC. Let us hear from you. Have any questions or comments about our programming? Send me an email at faithworks at catholic540.org. God bless.